0: Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is Jesus's parables and the mystery of the kingdom. The title of Dr. Dort's sermon today is the last person you'd expect to see. The big idea is it's as much of a challenge to receive mercy from suspect people as it is to show it. Reading from God's word, the gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter beginning with the 25th verse, the word of God for the people of God. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, he went to him, he bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, look, look, After him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the one who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. May God add his blessings to this, the reading of his word. You are a sight for sore eyes. Have you ever had someone say something like that to you? Have have you ever said that to someone else? Of course you have. Of course you have. You know what that expression means. It's always something that is being expressed when a person has reached a point of desperate need and he or she has no place left to turn. Someone, someone comes to our aid. They are indeed a sight for sore eyes. It could be a family member. Could be a neighbor, could be a business associate, it could be a total stranger. But when life has beaten you up, you don't care where the help comes from, you are just grateful when it appears and you speak, you speak of the source of that help, the person who helps you as a good Samaritan. Now that's an expression everybody knows. Because in our 21st century world, it is an expression that is bandied about for all kinds of benevolent reasons. Automobile clubs... They go by the name of Good Samaritan, or at least one of them does. Charitable organizations, you'll, you'll come across a, a Good Samaritan 501c3 or some other kind of organization that is dedicated on a nonprofit basis toward doing good for other people. Some years ago, you'll remember last night we had storms passed through this area. And I trust all of you came through last night's storms with little, if no damage whatsoever. But some years ago, there was this horrific hurricane, Katrina, that ran through the New Orleans area. And an evacuation strategy was put in place by local officials, which they called... A good Samaritan strategy. People today know what you're talking about when you mention those two words. Even, even in such a day with rampant biblical illiteracy, no one really knows where the story comes from. They know the expression. They know what it means. Good Samaritan. You know the story comes from the gospel of Luke, which makes good sense given how Luke himself has a bias for how the Jesus story applies to people who have been beaten and waylaid by everyday life. Luke has a heart for those who are on the margins and who are dispossessed. Luke believes that the good news of Jesus extends to everyone, including, including Samaritans. Because of how Samaritans in the first century world were perceived as as half-breeds. They had been guilty during Old Testament times of having compromised their religious purity during those years when the temple was being rebuilt. It was the Samaritans who came down from the north to try to frustrate the efforts of God's people to rebuild the temple. And so for a period of about 500 years before Jesus, there was this enmity, this This hostility that had developed between Jews and of all people, Samaritans. So now maybe you can appreciate even more the story. And in particular, how Jesus chose the character of a Samaritan. press home a point regarding the kingdom of God. The parable of the Good Samaritan is is prefaced by a a brief conversation that takes place between Jesus and And a teacher of the law. Luke describes him as an expert in the law. Most likely a scribe who approaches Jesus in order to test him. That's not a good word. It betrays an agenda. If I try to test you on something, it may be that I'm trying to expose what you may not know. And in this case, Luke tells us the lawyer approaches Jesus with the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies with a question, typical rabbinical style, answering a question with a question, what does the law say? And now the expert, because he knows the law, the law of Moses. He responds with a Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he adds to it that teaching from Leviticus, and you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. Jesus says, That's wonderful. You've answered correctly. We're done here. you You just go out and do it and and you will live. You will inherit eternal life. But the lawyer is not satisfied. Did he want more from Jesus? Did he feel as if Jesus was not respecting him sufficiently by? Cutting off the conversation, did Jesus not brag and pat him on the back enough? And Luke tells us that seeking to justify himself is a way of gaining the upper hand over this untrained Galilean. He thought he had Jesus. He thought he had Jesus. Well, who then is my neighbor? And Jesus tells a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was set upon by robbers who stripped him of his clothes and beat him, leaving him half dead at this point, at this point, The expert in the law can relate to the story that Jesus is telling because, no doubt, he had made that journey from Jerusalem to Jericho on a number of occasions. He knew how dangerous the road was. Such a thing could happen to anyone. And what a pity when something like that did happen to a person, but as Jesus continues to tell the story, Jesus says, and a priest was coming down the same road. No doubt the lawyer is thinking, oh, this is wonderful. What a sight for sore eyes. That priest must have been to that wounded man. But lo and behold, the priest sees the man and walks by on the other side. Unfathomable. But the story continues. Now a Levite comes down. Well, that's not a priest. But it's almost as good, surely. The Levite is going to stop and attend to the man. But the Levite sees the man passes by on the other side. By this point, the lawyer is thinking to himself, what kind of story is this rabbi sharing? Well, maybe he's got it in for religious authority. And so no doubt, What Jesus is going to do is he's going to to introduce a third character, an ordinary Israelite, just a person off the street, one of God's people who will stop to help the man. And just as the lawyer, no doubt, is sorting out all of the possibilities where Jesus might be taking this story... Jesus does introduce the third character. And a Samaritan... A Samaritan passes by the road. Sees the man. And stops. A Samaritan. The last person you would expect to see. The last person... As a good Jew, you would want to see. Notice in the story. We call it the Good Samaritan. But at no point in the story does Jesus ever use the adjective good. Do you see that? And if we perhaps were to remove that adjective, the adjective good from the story, then perhaps we might ourselves be in a better position to understand the shock value that Jesus' parable must have had upon this expert in the law. Notice what the Samaritan does he does what he can he shares what he has in the midst of his busyness and he must have been a busy person no doubt that Samaritan was going between Jerusalem and Jericho because he was on business there would have been no other reason for a Samaritan To have been going down that road, other than business, in the midst of his busyness, he does what he can. He shares of what he has to meet this man's need. He doctors his wounds as best he can with what he has. He puts him on his donkey and he walks him into Jericho. He finds an inn. He checks the man into the inn. He make sure that his needs are met that night, the next morning, because he's got to go back on the road. He takes takes the money that he has and he gives it to the innkeeper and essentially he writes him a blank check. Who does this? You care for this man and when I return, I'll, I'll pay you what I owe you. And Jesus ends his story. And he turns then to the lawyer, Jesus does, and asks a burning, searing question. And who do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell upon Robert? And because the lawyer was not a supporter of Samaritan Lives Matters, he couldn't even pronounce his name. The one who showed mercy. To which Jesus said, then go and do likewise. That's a great story. Who do you identify with in the story? Like most of us, you probably identify with a Samaritan because he's good. That's, we call him good Samaritan. We want to be known as good people. People who are a sight for sore eyes. For those who have found themselves in places of distress. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing whatsoever. It is an honorable desire for us to want to be perceived as good people. But in order to get to that point, we don't need, first of all, to identify with the Samaritan. First of all, we need to identify with the man who's in the ditch. For only then can we find the place in our heart to care for those who have been beaten and waylaid by life itself. You see, remember again, it was the lawyer who approached Jesus seeking to justify himself. It was all about himself. And who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells this story to have the lawyer... The expert in the law of Moses come to the understanding, you're asking the wrong question. The correct question is not, who is my neighbor? The correct question is, who needs me to be a neighbor? And to get to that point, you first have to understand your own woundedness, your deep need. In order to get to a place where you can express pity like that, no, it's not enough to be able to define what a neighbor is. First of all, you have to reach a stage in your own faith journey where you are ready to become one. Do you see that? That neighbor isn't about proximity, certainly not about boundaries and limits. It's about having understood our own need for mercy and having been at a place where we were ready to receive it from whomever God might choose to send our way so that then we, in turn, could express mercy to anyone and everyone. Someone has said that every Christian and every church should have an 11 foot pole in order to be able to touch all of those persons that we otherwise wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. And guess what? Mount Brook Baptist Church has that kind of pole. We stick it up in the front yard. By the sign that says Mountain Brook Baptist Church and every year during the Holy Weeks, Advent and the Lytton season we drape, we drape cloth over that pole. It's a cross. It's a cross. It's an emblem to us as people of faith of suffering and shame the manner in which our Lord and Savior was waylaid and beaten and stripped of His clothes and nailed to a cross. And I dare say people drive up and down Montevala Road every single day, and they never pay any attention to that 11-foot pole, the cross. But to us who are being saved, that cross and all it represents is a sight for sore eyes. It is the power of God unto salvation for Jews and Greeks and Samaritans and everybody. And it is a reminder to us of how when it comes to neighbor love, it really isn't about. Do you know what a neighbor is as much as are you willing to be one? Are you willing to be one? So be one. Be one. Be a neighbor. Be a neighbor to all whom God sends your way. Notice the people in this world ...who are hurting and be ready to reach out to them in the same love... ...that reached you and claimed you and changed your life for the better. And as you do to those persons, you will be a sight for sore eyes. And not only to those persons will you be a sight for sore eyes... You'll be a sight for sore eyes to Jesus. Because through your service, he will see that you are serious about loving God, serious about loving your neighbor, serious about doing whatever is necessary to inherit eternal life. Let's bow for prayer. God we thank you for the mercy that you showed us when we were at a place where we could not fend for ourselves, for the grace that you bestow upon us as we move along life's way beaten and robbed of so much, our dignity our sense of worth. We thank you that you love us with a love that will not let us go and you redeem us with power from on high that enables us to go out into this world be the presence of Jesus. Good people, not because of who we are, but because of who you are in us and through us. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. May we be willing to follow in his way, regardless of the cost, doing what we can with what we have. That when our time on this earth is done, we might inherit eternal life through Christ, in whose name we do pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work.